0: Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Good evening, Rosedale, and thanks for tuning in and leaning in. Uh, what a great song! Uh, what a friend we have in Jesus! All our pain and grief to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Uh, And that's our topic tonight in our text uh, as we close out the book of James, chapter number five, if you want to turn there, verse number 13. And uh, let me say by way of introduction, our country needs prayer. Uh, Our country absolutely needs prayer with just recently the mass shooting in uh, Colorado with 10 that were killed, 10 that were murdered. Uh, And then the week before in Atlanta, when someone was going from spa to spa, systematically killing people, eight people uh, were killed there. Our country uh, needs prayer. And if my people, uh, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray uh, and turn from their wicked way, then shall I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, heal their land. Uh, Our country uh, absolutely uh, needs prayer uh, and I, I think it's a great way also for the book of James to close out uh, prayer, prayer at the end, uh, especially uh, having talked about uh, discipline and patience and our personality, relational conflicts and critical spirits and temptation uh, decision. You'll hear me a lot of times. say, so let's pray it in. Let's pray it in. let's pray it in. Uh, I think one of the missing links to hearing preaching and living preaching uh, is prayer. By the way, uh, it's probably one of the two greatest disciplines uh, in our Christian life Bible reading and prayer. Bible reading and prayer. We'll give ourselves continually to, to prayer uh, and to the ministry uh, of God's word. And so we're in James chapter 5, verse number 13. Follow along, turn there, tap there if you have advice. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Uh, Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. Uh, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And uh, if you have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that he may be healed. The effectual, fervent, prayer of a righteous man availeth much, uh, Elias, or Elijah, uh, was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, rain not on the earth for the space of three years, six months, Uh, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the the, uh, earth brought forth her fruit. Uh, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, uh, let him know that he which converted the sinner from the error of his way, shall save a soul from death, uh, and shall hide A multitude of sins. I don't know if you're counting or not, but but I pre-counted seven times. uh, Seven times the word prayer, prayer, prayer. Uh, It's one of the greatest privileges of the Christian life. It's one of the greatest responsibilities uh, of the Christian life. And at times, uh, it can be one of the greatest failures in uh, our Christian life. And so, uh, as we finish out James, walking through this last Uh, pericope, this last uh, expositional unit, this last uh, passage of text. Uh, Let's start out looking at when we should pray, when we should pray. Uh, If you want to take notes, uh, number one, when I'm hurting emotionally, pray, pray. Uh, When I'm hurting emotionally, verse 13, is any among you afflicted? Uh, Circle that word in your mind, if you will. Uh, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Uh, Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. And so uh, that affliction isn't talking about physical affliction. It talks about that uh, next verse. Uh, It's talking emotional affliction. Uh, The contrast, and of course, context gives words definition. Uh, The the contrast is, uh, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? So the the contrast is emotionally. It's not not physically. And so uh, when do we pray? When I'm hurting uh, emotionally. Uh, and uh, that that word uh, afflicted, that word uh, uh, afflicted, uh, and again, verse 14 hits the physical as any sick among you, but here, uh, it's the emotional, and in Timothy, uh, it renders the Greek word hardships, hardships, when we're going through hardships, we're emotionally disrupted, pray, but we need to pray, He's talking about internal distress called by external circumstances, maybe a financial crisis or a relational crisis or a, a family type crisis, something that's breaking your heart, something that's breaking your heart. Hey, when I'm hurting emotionally, I need to pray. Uh, David said in Psalm 18, verse six, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. And so uh, pray when you're hurting emotionally. But then number two, of course, Pray when you're hurting physically. When you're hurting physically. Look at 14. Uh, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil, the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. That's sick physically, that sick terminally, that, that's sick at the point of death. Same word is used to describe Lazarus. He's at the point of death. Uh, Dorcas, who died, uh, the man at the pool of Bethesda who was sick 38 uh, uh, years. And so uh, when you're hurting emotionally, uh, when I got news about my mom, uh, when you're hurting physically, when I uh, did damage to my arm, boy, we pray. Uh, I, I do think that we need to understand there's uh, several types of sickness. It's not always God's will for the sick to be healed. It's not always uh, God's will. Paul, sworn in the flesh stayed he prayed three times it stayed uh, god had a bigger plan for that thorn of the flesh and so uh, it's not always god's will for someone to be healed uh, there are sicknesses for death for death first john 5:16 there is a sickness unto death uh, john 11:4 this sickness is not unto death and so uh, we need to understand uh, eventually barring the rapture Uh, All of us are going to die and all of us will face a sickness that God does not turn around. Uh, It's a sickness unto death. There's also uh, a sickness for discipline. Uh, A sickness for discipline. Uh, Think about the Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where for this cause, uh, many are sick. Many are sick and some sleep for this cause. They were abusing the Lord's table. They weren't placing worth in what he did. And so there's a sickness for death. There's a sickness for discipline. But then there's also a sickness for divine glory. Remember Lazarus, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, for the glory of God, that the son of God might be glorified thereby, I think about John chapter 9 where uh, they saw that one that was uh, blind. They said, who did send this man or his parents that he should be born blind? Uh, and Jesus answered and said, neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Divine glory. And so sometimes it's for death. Sometimes it's for uh, discipline. Many times it's for uh, divine glory. But it's not always God's will for someone to be healed. Would we pray? Uh, when we're hurting emotionally, what should we pray? Uh, when we're hurting physically. Uh, and I want to just quickly fill in the next uh, five points, just some approaches, uh, attitudes about healing. And we're not going to take long, but uh, you have to fill them in. They're on your outline. So, number one, uh, the first attitude towards this is the sensationalist. The sensationalists, guys on TV who uh, have healing ministries, giant uh, arenas that are filled with cameras, and uh, they're flamboyant, and they shout or slap, highly charged emotional atmosphere. Uh, when I follow Christ, he almost did the exact opposite. Uh, he wasn't gathering crowds. In fact, he was telling people in the room to leave the room before he healed. So many times it was off to the side. So many times it was, it was tell no man. Uh, quite the opposite of the sensationalist. Uh, Jesus never manipulated people, never used them uh, for a show. He always uh, cared about the need that they had. Uh, And Matthew chapter 7, many will come in that day and say, Lord, Lord, did did not we do many mighty miracles in your name? And Jesus will answer and say, I never knew you. Uh, I think about Pharaoh's magicians that Uh, when Moses would turn water to blood. And then Moses would, and Moses would. For a long time, the magicians would match. It wasn't of God. It wasn't of God. That miracle, uh, those miracles weren't of God. And so uh, the first attitude towards healing is the sensationalist. I I guess the second attitude towards healing uh, is the confessionalist. That name it, claim it. Uh, I claim the healing. I I claim it. I name it, uh, and I claim it. Uh, The problem with this is uh, that teaching says that if you don't uh, become healed, then it's a lack of faith. Or uh, if you don't become healed, it's because of a sin that's still uh, residing, and it brings guilt. Uh, Many times it brings false guilt. 1 Peter chapter 4. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God. Some of our suffering is according to the will of God. That thorn in the flesh for Paul uh, was according to the will of God. And so there's the sensationalist, but then there's also the, the confessionalist. I think thirdly, you can write one of two words down, uh, the dispensationalist or uh, the cessationalist, the cessationalist. Uh, and that's the teaching that uh, every miracle of the New Testament was uh, an apostolic gift. There's no healing today. It was only for, for that day. The dispensationalist uh, or the cessationalist, someone that says, boy, that's not for today. Uh, and I would uh, like to remind us, Hebrews thirteen eight that uh, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, uh, and forever. And there is healing. God does intervene. God uh, does perform miracles today. Uh, and so sensationalist or uh, confessionalist or, or dispensationalist or cessationalist. Uh, uh, but then number four, the rationalist, the rationalist. Uh, people and Christian Science—it's all in your mind. It's all in your mind. You you think you're sick because you're sick because you think you're sick, and it, it's all in your mind. The rationalist uh, and listen—none of those are uh, scripturally grounded or or from the Word of God. Uh, the right one is number five—the biblicist. Boy, what's the Bible process for healing? Uh, where, where the fi- Word of God is our final authority for all things that pertain into faith and practice, faith and practice, and so uh, even in healing. But we want to make sure we're doing it uh, the Bible way when we're praying, when we're praying for that healing. 14, Uh, is any sick among you, let him call for the elders uh, of the church. Quite the opposite of those mass healing services where some uh, sensational guy is calling for crowds to come. Now this is someone that's at home, that's hurting, that's sick to death, uh, and they're calling for the elders of the church to gather around uh, and let them pray over him. Over him. Uh, that word sick, talking about a life threatening uh, illness, bedridden, pray over him. Uh, anointing him with oil, it's not the oil that heals him. Uh, and to be honest with you, it's not even the prayer, uh, literally, that heals him. God is our, Christ is our great physician. Uh, and the oil, the oil. Remember when Christ healed that blind man with the mud? He spit the mud and he put it in his eye. No one believes the mud is what healed his vision. Uh, And in the same way, the oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God still pointing back to God is the one that gives life. God's the one that gives healing. And so uh, the Bible process is any sick You let him call for the elders, let them pray over uh, him, anointing him with oil. Uh, In the name of the Lord, uh, in the name of the Lord, there's only one name. One name, uh, that name that's above every name. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, if anyone else is glorified other than him, uh, it's a false doctrine. It's a wrong uh, approach to living out uh, the Christian life. Hey, we have a merciful God, a God who loves us, a God who cares for us, a God that that blesses us. And it's not always God's will, will to heal, uh, but when it is, uh, it's always done the Bible uh, way. And so... Uh, when should I pray uh, when I'm hurting emotionally? Uh, when should I pray when I'm hurting physically? Uh, when should I pray when I'm hurting spiritually? When I'm healing when I'm hurting spiritually 16 confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. And again, just disclaimers, because there's so much uh, wrong teaching on this. Uh, All sickness isn't caused by sin. All sickness isn't caused by sin. The apostles bought into that when they said, uh, who did sin that this man should be born blind? Uh, Did he sin or his parents? Someone had to sin. No, all sickness isn't because of sin, but a lot of sickness is because we live in a fallen uh, world. Now, uh, the other side of that spectrum is uh, physicians will tell us a lot of our sickness is brought on by our worry, by our uh, anxiety, by uh, unforgiveness, resentment that that we're carrying with us, that that bitterness on the inside, and and it affects us far more uh, than we realize. But when we're hurting spiritually, if I have odd against my brother, if my brother have odd against me, then go to him and confess your fault one uh, to another. Uh, but, but keep in mind also, uh, we're only to confess our faults uh, in the arena that our faults have touched. Uh, we're to confess them, we're not to broadcast them. Uh, we're to confess them, we're not to publicize them. Uh, going around at the gas station, and then the grocery store, and then uh, I, I send, and here's my sin and I send, and here's my sin. I send. No, it's talking about going to that person uh, 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 to whom you offend, the one that, that you, you, you sin towards, the one that, that it touched. But we're to be quick to close that gap and confess our faults one uh, to another, Uh, When I'm hurting emotionally, pray. Uh, When I'm hurting physically, pray. Uh, When I'm hurting spiritually, pray. Confess your faults one to another. Here's the part. And pray, and pray, and pray one for another. Uh, And so we gave a couple times when we should, but uh, I think we need to broaden it to say, men ought always to pray uh, and not to faint. Pray without ceasing. Uh, you know, the, the, the rub is a lot of times when uh, we hear sermons on prayer, we think that uh, it's only spiritual giants that can pray and only spiritual giants that can uh, have their prayers answered. And let me say this. Uh, one of the reasons that God describes his relationship with us, for us as a childlike faith, a childlike faith, is children have no problem asking. <laughs> and that's what God wants for us. Uh, he's our father, our Abba father. We're his, his children. He loves us. Uh, and as children of God, we need to pray. We need to pray. Uh, we need to cry out. And we don't have to be spiritual giants to do that. Verse 17, look at it. Elijah was a man. Not a superman. He was a man. Not a sinless man. He was a man subject to like passions as we are. Don't miss that. He was a man subject to like passions uh, as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. Rain not on the earth by the space of three years, six months. Prayed again and the heaven gave rain. uh, And the earth brought forth her fruit. Uh, He's a man. uh, A sinful man. Subject to like passions such as we are. For instance... Uh, he experienced fear and cowardice. Remember when uh, Jezebel threatened him, uh, and he ran into a, a, a wilderness place by himself. And uh, he experienced fear and cowardice. Uh, he experienced even that that uh, manic type depression of uh, of wanting to to end his life. Uh, God, just in my life, in my life, he was under that 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 tree, depressing as he was was praying that uh, he had. Anger and fear and resentment and worry and loneliness. Uh, and this is the guy that James reaches back and says, boy, he had prayers answered. This guy did. He had prayers answered. Uh, God responded to his request. This guy did. Uh, this one who had anger like we do and fear like we do and, 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 and guilt like we do and depression like we do. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. When they pray. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things when they pray. Uh, And so uh, we started out talking about uh, when should we pray? When I'm hurting emotionally, when I'm hurting uh, physically, when I'm hurting spiritually. And then uh, we slipped in there. Uh, Who can pray? (laughs) Who can pray? Hey, if you're a child of God, you need to pray. You need to pray. What a friend we have in Jesus He's not a close friend if you're not talking to him. Uh, our, our friendships can be, can be graded on uh, what our communication's like. And if we're giving uh, that person the silent treatment, or we're not listening to them as they're talking to us, I think a lot of times one of the mistakes we do with, with those two disciplines that are the biggest ones, Bible reading prayer, uh, is we divide them when a lot of our prayer time should be as we're reading, Whereas as you're reading that verse, be praying it in, be praying and worshiping and thanking God and uh, that that communication where he speaks, we speak, he speaks, we speak, uh, we're listening, he's listening, that communication uh, with him. And so uh, let me end it lastly by saying, how, how can I pray more effectively? You'll see in James 4 uh, and James 5, it is prayer. Uh, and so in James chapter 4, uh, how can I pray? If Elijah did, I can uh, how can I pray more effectively? Put down number one, I must ask. Uh, I mu- That's about as basic as you get right there. Uh, I must ask. Uh, a lot of times we do a lot of things in prayer other than pray. Uh, we worship him and we should. Uh, we fellowship with him and we should. Uh, we, we adore him and exalt him uh, and we should. But a lot of times we never get around to asking. We never get around to asking. Uh, Flip back one chapter, James chapter four, verse number two. Ye have not because ye ask not, because ye ask not, because ye ask not. Uh, Children don't have a problem asking. They're bold to ask. That childlike faith. Uh, And by the way, uh, as Charlie Rose's grandpa or pop-pop, I can't wait until she's able to verbalize what she wants because I'm ready to get it. Uh, I I mean an ice cream, we're there, Uh, or uh, down to the, we're there, or the toy, you got it. Uh, I I can't wait till she's able to ask, because I love that kid, that that little girl so much. Uh, I want to provide whatever she does ask. And God loves us so infinitely more than that. So number one, uh, I must ask. Put down number two, uh, I must have the right motive. I must have the right motive. He's not a divine vending machine. Put a quarter in, push A3, uh, out pops. Uh, a quarter in, I guess it would be more of a dollar now. I'm living. Anyway, uh, a dollar in, an A3 in. Uh, I must have the right motive. James 4 3. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss, but you ask incorrectly uh, that ye may consume it upon your own lusts. And so, first, I must ask. Second, Uh, I must have the right motive. But number three, uh, I must have a clean life. Uh, I must have a clean life. And we're back uh, in James chapter five, as we uh, finish out that, that passage, that book verse 16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, of a righteous man uh, availeth much. Now, Uh, The righteousness there is talking about two things. It's talking about our imputed righteousness, our imputed righteousness. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Uh, At salvation, not only is my sin imputed to his record, but his righteousness is imputed to my record, uh, they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And so that imputed righteousness is not about me cleaning up my act and me doing a little bit better. Uh, that imputed righteousness is that salvation God views us by way of the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. No wonder we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Uh, but then also that practical righteousness. That practical righteousness. Psalm sixty-six, eighteen. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And of course, two views on this. I do think the main view that if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me because I'm not going to be asking him. Men love darkness rather than light for their deeds are evil. Uh, and when we have that sin in our heart, uh, the main reason he doesn't hear is because we're not, we're not approaching him. We're not spending time with him. We have so much guilt. Uh, we turn our back on him but also, by when I have so many things cluttering up that relationship with him, uh, the world, the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, pride of life. Uh, Proverbs 28, he that turned away his ear from hearing the law. Uh, someone that's not reading and, and, and memorizing and, and, and leaning in on Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Uh, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. And of course, uh, Isaiah, but your iniquities have separated you between you and your God, uh, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Uh, I I think part of the practical righteousness, uh, yes, allows us to have that close connection to pray, but I do think that, that prayer is what does give us practical righteousness. The more time I spend with God, the more I become like God. The more time I spend in his presence, Moses came down off the mount with his visage glowing, glowing. Uh, God rubbed off on him. God rubbed off on him. And uh, the more time I, I, I spend with him, that's what enacts uh, that practical righteousness. Uh, and uh, I like how Christ said, you really can't do both when uh, he went and drove out the money changers and uh, and cast them out. And he said, uh, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And so uh, I must ask. Uh, I must have the right motive. Uh, I must have a clean life. And then number four, I must ask in faith. Uh, I must ask uh, in faith. Uh, and this takes us all the way back, referencing James chapter 1. Uh, you see prayer there, prayer James 4, cha- prayer James 5. Uh, but in James chapter 1, but let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea driven to the wind and tossed. Uh, make prayer a priority in your life. Uh, make prayer uh, a priority in your life. Uh, in a couple of weeks, of course, we have. Palm Sunday this Sunday, uh, and the surprise I have, I'm not going to be riding in on a donkey, okay? But but we are going to have palm branches this Sunday, and then uh, Wednesday, a short Bible study online, and then uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. We're going to be a Good Friday's garden, Good Friday's crucifixion, talking a lot, leaning into that. Uh, and then Easter celebration, and of course, we'll have one more uh, week in the book of Luke, but then uh, we're going to start the book of Revelation. And in Revelation. Uh, The title is going to be The Rescue in Revelation. The Rescue uh, in Revelation. And of course, uh, chapter uh, 21 and 22, The Rescue of Creation. Uh, And in chapter uh, 6 through chapter 19, The Rescue of Israel. Uh, And of course, uh, chapter 3 through chapter 5, The Rescue of the Church. But chapter 1 and 2, we talk about The Rescue of John. The Rescue of John. Wait a second. Did he ever make it off that island of Patmos? The Rescue of John. Did he ever have those hard events turned around? The rescue of John. Uh, The rescue of John has nothing to do with the bad made good, uh, the hard made easy, the problems made simple. Hey, the rescue of John is when he had that greater vision of who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Spending time walking and talking uh, in the presence of, Of the Lord. It's not about getting off the island. It wasn't about stopping the pain. It wasn't about correcting the assaults. It was all about uh, John realizing the greatest privilege that he had was spending time talking to Creator God, uh, our King, uh, our Savior, our hero, uh, our perfect older brother, our Redeemer, our high tower boy, our King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, there's times when I'm hurting emotionally or physically or, or spiritually where I'm just collapsing uh, into the prayer closet. Uh, and I collapse into the prayer closet and, uh, and start praying, start pouring out my heart, start, start becoming aware of his presence. And, uh, and there's times, and I'm sure you've had it too, where you're so caught up uh, in the presence of God, they're talking to Him, uh, spending time with Him, that by the end of your prayer time, you forgot to ask what you were planning on asking, because the biggest answer you'll ever have is simply spending time uh, with Him. We do it in worship, that personal praise, that, that personal worship, but we do it in prayer. We do it in prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Uh, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, spending time worshiping and adoring our Abba Father. And so I love the way that James closes out the book. So practical, talking about how we make decisions, talking about how we face temptation, talking about uh, our carnal personality, our interrelational struggles we have, uh, talking about patience and uh, and so many other areas. Uh, And then at the end, it's, it's prayer, prayer, prayer. Well, we need to pray it in, pray it in, uh, pray it in. Spend time in prayer with the one who does change uh, our life, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.